Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Tonight, it's a new episode of All Rise, the legal drama where one judge is shaking up the system. When I take the bench, I'm taking a vow to fight for justice. One case at a time. Your Honor. We're going to trial. Simone Misick is Judge Lola Carmichael. Up on that bench. Everything is different. A new episode of All Rise. Freedom is at stake. It's important. Followed by a new episode of Bull, tonight at 9, 8 central on CBS. Tonight, it's the CBS original comedy, The Neighborhood. I need at least a month to prepare for a debate, not six hours. Actually, it's four hours. <laughs> no, my watch is broken, too. With Cedric the Entertainer, Max Greenfield, and guest star Wayne Brady. You gotta fund the schools or graduate fools. I stole all my lines. Look, don't worry, I got a plan. Okay, well, what is it? Okay, so I don't have a plan. A new episode of The Neighborhood. You're gonna have to give them a show. Tonight, 8, 7 central on CBS. Sports Radio FNZ, no bone today, man. But trying to get uh, trying to get bone back tomorrow under the weather, and uh, our man's gonna bounce back tomorrow, man. He is gonna bounce back tomorrow. It, it is Mac and Preps delivered by Bojangles right here on Sports Radio FNZ. Waiting on John Curry. He is the athletics director at Wake Forest. We will talk about Wake Athletics, but I think the real question is a lot of questions about what's going on right now with college football, you know, and. Uh, what they're up against and kind of where everything stands right now. Uh, it is, uh, it's getting really interesting. I ju- I'm just checking Twitter and I saw a couple of very interesting things. Uh, Big 10, six teams in the Big 10 reportedly trying to uh, schedule home and home series so they can play some college football this year, even though the conference has shut football down. We'll see where that goes. That's the latest in just complete Big 10 upheaval. And Dan Kane, uh, this is not going to shock anybody who's followed UNC, going after the heels for keeping football players on campus, but yet having the students off campus. That is uh, in the News and Observer today. So uh, we'll talk more about those things as the show continues. We've got Panthers to get into. The latest thing that was done, a, that, that, that was done on Matt Rule's watch that Panther fans think has something to do with camp. We will tell you what that is next. So stay tuned for that in a little bit. But right now, we played the man's fight song. We told you he's coming up. Let's get let's uh, get some insight during times where we need it, man. We need to know what is going on. And the man to tell us is John Curry. He is the athletic director at Wake Forest. And he joins us here on the Mac Attack Sports Radio FNZ in Charlotte. John, thanks for coming on, man. I know you are busy and have way more important things to do than talk to us yahoos, man. So I appreciate it. How you doing? Mac, I'm doing awesome. I just drove on to the most beautiful college campus in America. <laughs> Our field hockey team's practicing in Kentner Stadium. Our football team right now is out on uh, the football practice fields getting after it. We had a 1,000 students move into campus over the last couple of days with more to come over the next couple of days. Everything's going A-OK here in Winston-Salem. I like that attitude, and man. I hope that can keep up. I really do hope that stuff can keep going as a sports fan. Um, what? A, all right, so we were, ta- we were talking – we talked about this earlier. Mac Brown yesterday said he was asked, you know, with the students being sent home, sent away from campus to do virtual learning, how does that affect his football program? Is it good or bad? 
And he said he actually thinks it will kind of help kind of seal off their bubble for lack of a better term, right? How do you feel about that? Because there are other people coming out right now criticizing this. How can you not have the students there, but it's safe enough for the players? Like, do you feel, John, that if your students ever have to leave, like the football players can't go on? Like, how do you feel about that part of the dilemma some schools are facing? Well, given where we are today on, on August 18th or 19th, whatever today is, what I've seen happen is student athletes who come back to campus and, and our university administrations and our student life offices and residence life and housing, dining services have all worked really hard to make this happen. And from my perspective, our student athletes have shown with their behavior and their personal responsibility and their commitment to following uh, COVID protocols, um, they've, earned the, they've earned the opportunity to be back on campus. It's not an entitlement. It's not a right to be able to go to college and have your college paid for and all that kind of stuff. Um, our student athletes have earned uh, their opportunity with the way they've uh, handled themselves and managed themselves uh, this summer. Uh, as far as as far as where we're at right now, like it, it, obviously the ACC right now is all systems go, but it is ongoing, right? You know, it is it's it's an ongoing. You know, check with your medical experts. What do we know now? We're still learning about this. Is there going to be a point where there will be a final vote of presidents? Like, is something like that going to happen? What is, um, what is the process here moving forward towards the season? Well, my, my personal perspective is that we do just exactly that. We continue to move forward. Um, our presidents have been um, very much in touch and in step um, uh, together. Uh, ultimately, it will be their decision if we are to not play. But right now, we're all systems go moving forward. Uh, our student athletes are working very hard. Um, we, we're doing all the things behind the scenes to uh, to get ready to, um, to to have our events. Uh, a big shout out across America, you know, uh, athletic trainers. If you remember in high school, you know that one athletic trainer for a whole high school full of sports. Um, you know, college athletics. Fortunately, we have. Uh, you know, really world-class uh, care for student-athletes. And here at Wake Forest, um, this whole cadre of athletic trainers have worked, um, you know, seven days a week throughout the summer to take care of our student-athletes. They're not the highest-paid people in the world, uh, but they are among the most dedicated people in the world, and we're very grateful to all their hard work at really all of our institutions. Uh, no, no doubt. Uh, medical profession everywhere, man. We're seeing uh, folks step up and go above and beyond. I'm sure you're seeing it right there with the training staff. We're talking to John Curry. He is the Wake Forest AD. Uh, we will talk uh, some Wake athletics as well. But we this this situation is just, you know, so it's just it just inundates the whole world. And I know it's the fans have a lot of questions. How do you feel, John, about a spring season? I mean, I know right now that's probably. It, that, that, that doesn't sound good, right? Because you guys are really hoping, hey, we can pull this off in the fall. Could you pull off a spring season or are there too many obstacles? Like if it, if it absolutely came to that. Well, I'm committed to the fall and I'm also committed to doing what's best for our student athletes. And, you know, in many respects, and Coach Glossen certainly articulated some of this last week, after all the time and energy and investment that our football student athletes and other student athletes as well have put into getting ready for this season, um, if you think about not playing this fall and then saying, hey, after a long semester of school, don't go home for a Christmas or for holiday break because you're going to be in training camp again uh, in January and I mean in, in December and January so we can say that we might have a season again in the springtime. To me, that's disingenuous for our student athletes and um, it's not particularly fair to ask them to do that. The other aspect, even if you look at a sport like soccer at Wake Forest where we're 
You know, we've been in six collegiate cups, including last year. Um, we have a number. I think we have seven, five or seven uh, MLS players playing right now, uh, including a couple off of last year's teams. You know, many of our soccer student athletes, um, you know, at the end of this semester, they're, they're on track to graduate. They're going to graduate in December, and, and uh, they're going to turn professional. So for those guys, they want to be together and play together and train together now. Uh, same thing in football. You know, we have, uh, I think we have 10 or 11 uh, fifth-year seniors. Uh, we have a bunch of uh, fourth-year players who will graduate. We have among the highest graduation rates in the country. We're the only school um, in FBS football to be in four straight bowl games and have a 90-plus uh, GSR and a 990 APR in America. Um, so, you know, it may be that those guys, you know, they're, they are students, and it may be they want to graduate in December and get on to the next phase of their life. So all of our energy right now is focused on making this fall work uh, for our student-athletes because that's what our student-athletes have told us they want. All right, there is, there is, uh, those are those are a lot of the answers I think a lot of us kind of wanted to hear your perspective on the serious stuff. couple answers I think that I'm at least going to have fun hearing your answers to. I'm just going to be honest with you. The first one is about, away, uh, okay, App State fans. We got a lot of Wake fans, but we got a lot of App State fans listening. I believe, John, I completely understand why you have pushed off the App game, uh, you know, by a year. App fans keep texting me saying Wake Forest is scared of me. I'm going to allow you to talk directly to the Wake fans and explain why this game is moved. I don't think it's fear, though. <laughs> no, it's not fear at all. <laughs> we embrace the challenge. I mean, the, the, the atmosphere that we had when we went up to Boone in 2017, obviously I was not here at that time, but that was a, you know, a great college football atmosphere. Um, I'm convinced that if we had played our game on September um, uh, 10th or 11th, I think we're supposed to play on Friday night here this year. It would have been the – we would have broken our all-time attendance record in Winston-Salem. It would have been our all-time revenue record in Winston-Salem. Um, you know, we, and, and we've made a strong commitment to that long-term partnership with Appalachian uh, with our intent to add uh, two additional games. So I think it's the right thing for both schools. Um, and, uh, and I know that all of us would have liked to have played that game this year, but I'm looking forward to having that game with, you know, 40,000 people with. in the stands uh, as soon as we're able to play. And you know, I told Doug, uh, who's a longtime friend and colleague, that um, you know we're ready to adjust our schedules to get it done over the next couple of years. That's a key, man. Let's have fans at a game like that. That's a spectacle. You know, you play a game like that with fans there, as opposed to potentially, right, with zero fans. All right, last one I want to ask you: um, Steve Forbes, your new head basketball coach, is a character, man. I mean, I watched that original video with the mask and everything, and then I watched his presser. This is a guy that is, I mean, a piece of work, and I mean that in a good way, right? Like, he has energy, and and he's feisty and fiery. Is that part of what you wanted? Like, did you want a guy that's going to go in there and be a, be a fighter and, and be bold to take on, you know, the big-time rivals all around you? Like, that, you had to like that about him, right? Oh, absolutely. And certainly, though, um, we wanted a proven winner. And he's a proven winner. Uh, you walk into his office now. I, I was actually over there for the tail end of our, our practice yesterday. It's great to see the energy and enthusiasm of our student athletes. Uh, you know, to be candid, Mike, there's nothing that makes you feel better than I was walking to, to the, to, uh, the pit uh, yesterday to get some lunch, and I was walking with one of our uh, returning players who talked about how excited he was and how positive everything is in, in the program. Uh, you know, but behind all that mask throwing and, and uh, funny stories and, and all that kind of stuff is a person who's devoted his, his life to education, um, who's been a, a devoted uh, family person, who has incredible values, cares about people, 
uh, and cares about students. And uh, I know that he's going to be a great fit and going to be very successful at Wake Forest. Um, it's uh, it's uh, going to be exciting to see our, our team. Obviously, we got a long way to go to um, climb back up into the realm of where we should be, which is you know historically a championship caliber ACC program. All right, John. Appreciate it, man. Loved your perspective on it. Thanks so much for coming on. Best of luck to you keeping the sports going there at Wake and in the ACC. Thank you so much. Hey, wear, wear those masks. Thanks, Mac. Thank you, man. No doubt about it. No doubt about it. All right. A couple of things here as far as, as far as college athletics go. And I mentioned them before we started talking to John. All right, and the ACC is full systems go and, and doesn't even, like, administrators don't even want to discuss, like, what would be like, they don't even want to tell you if there'd be a president. Is there going to be a president? So to them, we're doing it. And that's the mindset they have right now. We'll see if that continues in a few weeks. Knock on wood. All right. The two things that I, I mentioned for John Curry, before John Curry, and I got to do these before we get into the Panthers conversation, because I have a feeling anti-rule nation will come alive once again. But the first one here in state, Dan Kane. The old friend, and I use that term very loosely, of UNC Tar Heel fans. Um, I, I, you know, I believe he was doing a job all along, but I believe that job, you know, was not going to make him popular with Tar Heel fans. Reporting on all the scandals. Uh, this editorial that he wrote today, I, I just, I disagree with this, and I, I agreed with it a few weeks ago. I honestly did. I've done a flipper on this. If Bone was here, he'd play the sound effect on me. Flipper, he played a flipper song. But I've changed. Dan Kane writes in the News and Observer today. Um, uh, basically that, let's see here, football and empty, the headline is football and empty campus. UNC sends clear message that student athletes don't exist. And I, and listen, he's not the only one saying this right now, that the fact that you keep football players going on UNC's campus, but take the other students off that, that, that is a message that they're not student athletes. They are pros, but they're not being paid as pros. And, and do I want them to get compensation? Yes. There's no doubt about it. But I do believe you are actually making it safer for them by taking the kids off campus and doing virtual classes. I, I understand the optics. Booger McFarland said it yesterday. Jeff Schwartz said it yesterday. There are a lot of people saying the optics don't look good when UNC has their football players on campus, but it's not safe enough for their regular students. But I honestly believe this is the best way to make your football players safe. And I, and I did not feel that way. You know, weeks ago, I, we, we did the segment yesterday where I had to admit as much as it pained me that Danny Cannell was right when he said this, that players would be safer if the rest of the students were off campus. Um, is it perfect? No, because a lot of you have pointed out, oh, you got a lot of people that aren't aren't sent home to mom and dad. They're sent home to their off campus apartment. So they'll still be going to parties and stuff like that off campus and players will still probably find their way there. So it's still not foolproof and it's still not perfect. But I just I, – and, I, and again, it's something we're probably going to talk about over the next couple of days because it's hitting home at UNC. But by the way, this is happening now at Notre Dame too. Notre Dame for the next two weeks has sent their students home to do virtual learning. And they say if it doesn't get any better with the influx of COVID cases since their students have been back, they're going to stay all virtual. Clemson started all virtual, but the football players are on campus. I don't care about those optics anymore, and I used to. Because I just think, pragmatically, it gives them the best chance of being safe and doing what they want to do, which is playing football. But I don't know where y'all stand. Maybe it's as simple as this. If you're a UNC fan, you'll defend what they're doing, and you'll rip Dan Kane's article. And if you hate UNC, you'll jump on him. I, I, don't, I, I don't know. Uh, but when we come back, we'll change it up. We got to talk Carolina Panthers. Yesterday, what happened in practice? 
that had people saying yet again, Matt Rule is taking a dig at Cam Newton all over again. We'll tell you about it. And is there really a case to be made for that? We'll get into it when we come back. It's the Mac Attack Sports Radio FNZ. Your injured guys that look like we're wearing a red number one jersey today. What was the story with it? Yeah, injured guys, uh, injured guys are in red jerseys, so we know, you know, so like quarterbacks are in green, don't touch them, and then obviously red means injured. That was the explanation yesterday for Matt Rule. I'm telling you, man, all these things that end up getting Panther Nation angry, I mean, I don't know whether to laugh or cry about this it is sports radio fnz my man bone texted me he is under the weather today he is guaranteed joe namath style he will be back on this show tomorrow so all the boniacs out there you can rest easy knowing it's only a one day issue for bone he will be back tomorrow right now it's mac and the prep dog and we are delivered by bojangles here on fnz remember radio.com app y'all anything you miss you missed the John Curry interview and you want to hear his answers to ACC procedures moving forward on football or spring season possibilities, you can rewind back to 8 o'clock and hear that. Uh, download the Radio.com app. Use that rewind feature. It is a DVR for listening on the radio, essentially. It is a beautiful thing. All right. What Matt Rule said there, and we might have to play the audio again. We might have to you know, set this up and play this baby again for you. What happened yesterday at practice, and again, I don't know whether to laugh or be a little annoyed that they did this. Um, yesterday at practice, there were three injured players that were doing things on the side or doing some individual drills but not participating in the rest of practice. Uh, they were uh, Kunizak, the linebacker, Hemingway, the tight end, and Omar Bayless, the undrafted uh, rookie, who's getting rave reviews at wide receiver, by the way. And they were wearing red number one jerseys. All three of them, red number one jerseys. Not red jerseys that signified injured, but their number on it. Just red jerseys with the number one. Hmm. And it didn't take long for people on in Panthers Twitter to start saying, does this have something to do with Cam? Why the heck are they in a red jersey? Is this some sort of shot at how often Cam was injured? Um, I even I even got it <laughs> even got it on the text line earlier today. Preps thought this was the greatest comedy ever written. Somebody said something like uh, they had all Cam's jerseys from being injured so uh, over the years that they just they threw them on everybody. Um, should this bother Panther Nation? We have been in an ongoing. You know, sequence of things that Matt Rule has said or done since Cam's release that have led to many Panther fans saying that's a shot at Cam. That's disrespectful. For example, when Matt Rule says this is not a show, this is serious football, people think it's about Cam. When Matt Rule has said he wants guys to make a play, go right back to the huddle in the past, right? People have thought that is a shot at Cam. I have defended Matt Rule the whole way through. This one, I just can't. This one feels like they could have avoided the optics. They could have avoided further angering their fan base. Let's play his answer one more time. Because kudos to Joe Person of The Athletic, um, who not only came on the show this week with a phone that was working. All right, that was a good, that was a good, that was good for him. But he also <laughs> asked the question. So listen to the question and answer about these number one red jerseys for the three injured players. Your injured guys that look like we're wearing a red number one jersey today. What was the story with that? Yeah, injured guys. Uh, injured guys are in red jerseys, so we know you know. So like quarterbacks are in green, don't touch them, and then obviously red means injury. 
Well, to his credit, Mac, he, you he know, wouldn't, and he wouldn't answer about the number one thing. Yeah, but that was going to say, you he know, did they not address the does his red jersey doesn't matter. The one is the thing that has us kind of annoyed. Well, he Cam would always wear the number one in red because it's you know don't hit him until this year it's green. But if that was an injured jersey, they would have a lot of those injured jerseys for Cam. I just around. I, you know I just I mean? read the text. The texter said the same thing. Get out of here. He would the, have a lot of them laying around. Your material is sad and lame, and it's stolen also. No, just they like got your that joke from of the day segment. Here's my thoughts on this thing, and y'all tell me how you're feeling about this. I like I have defended rule until this one, and I've said I don't honestly think he thinks about Cam, and I still don't. I don't think he cares about camp. I think he's got a tough enough job on his own hands. I don't think he really cares about the guy that used to be here. I think he knows if I do my job right, the fans that love Cam are going to come around and love the team and, and feel good about the team. But did someone not say that was Cam's number, coach? I thought he was hurt a lot. That's going to look kind of weird. Like, was the conversation never had? Did somebody not say to him, this is going to cause some of our fans to be angry? Because it's the organization's job, if not Matt Rule's job specifically. It's the organization's job, I would think, to judge the temperature of the water in their fan base. And right now, with some, it is scalding hot. Every little thing the Cam fans are looking at to try to find an injustice and an affront towards Cam. So I would have just hoped that somebody over there would have said... I don't know why you're putting them all in one jerseys, red jerseys, but do we have plain red jerseys? Do we have, can we make one jerseys with everybody's name on it in red? So when they get hurt, they wear that. Like, I guess it's just a generic jersey that the Jackie Miles will wash. He'll have a few on hand and when guys get hurt, they wear it. Could that not, why does it have to have a number on it? Yeah. A lot of people are pointing <laughs> out there's no number one on the team. There's also no number two. It could have been number two. Like, I just... It feels like one they could have avoided causing another minor stir. Like, what do you think, Preps? Because I know Bone. Bone would be screaming at me right now because he hates the way people are making. Uh, or actually, I'm sorry. I actually would be on Bone's side for the Bone and I have gone against each other on this yeah. every time. He thinks they've been taking digs at camp, mm -hmm. so he clearly would agree with me. Do you think I like? Do you think I should be kind of annoyed and Panther fans should be annoyed or should we should we shut up? No, I mean, first of all, you think it's funny. He's been I laughing think about it's it all hilarious. Show. But at the same time, I just have a hard time thinking that rule didn't know what he was doing a little bit there. Like, he's not that dumb. He knows who wore number one here for the last eight he years. Knows he was her biggest player in franchise history. Pretty much. He knows he's been hurt. He knows that he cut him three, four months ago, whenever it was like he knows all about Cam's previous tenure here. And like, I don't know, man. Like you see that red number one for the guys that were on the team last year. They have to be looking at the guys like that are wearing that. Like what's what, we going, got three on? Cams yeah, what's going on right now? And they no. all shrunk. We got three cams and they're all small. <laughs> Here's the deal. And, and keep, you know, keep the feedback coming. I'm getting a lot of uh, building center text on this and, and I, and I'll read, you know, try to figure out what y'all are saying. I like, and I, and I did so much research on this preps that I proves I have no life. I went and searched Baylor practice photos. Google Images, and I f tried to find Matt Rule era Baylor practice photos, and I wanted to know, okay, what did the injured players wear at Baylor? And the quarterbacks, first of all, look like they usually wore orange, sometimes red, but usually orange at Baylor. Um, it looked like they had a bunch of players wearing red, but they had their own personal numbers on the jersey. 
It was not like they all wore a certain number or they all wore number one at Baylor. Because that's one of the things people were telling me yesterday. I bet if you go find his Baylor, like if you went back to Baylor, I bet he gave everybody one red jerseys. No, well, no that wasn't the case. Now, they may have had a player with number one at Baylor, right? But there, and, and more numbers are covered there because your roster's bigger. So maybe there he couldn't just give you one standard number, but you still got 80 on the roster here right yeah. now, as of now. I, I just, I go back to what you said, like, Someone over there had to know. Didn't someone tell them? Like, could they have avoided this? Now, a lot of texters are saying it's no big deal. Who cares? And ultimately, this is not going to mean anything. But we're sports radio. Yes. <laughs> we analyze everything that makes us as fans feel a certain way. It's, a, it's just an organizational message and tone. And they could have, like a lot of people are saying on the text line, Matt Rule appears tone deaf, right? Yes. And, and and this is the first time I actually agree with that sentiment. And I do wonder, was he told, hey, do you, should we wear the ones because of yeah. Cam? Cam was hurt all the time. Now the inter guys wear Cam jersey. Like, it appears like you're mocking the fact Cam was hurt all the time. Yeah. Right? Oh, yeah, of course. But also, <laughs> at the same time, people are like, Cam, you know, Rule doesn't pick the people's jerseys. What are you talking about? He just said on Monday that he picks that they're wearing green instead of red. So he obviously has something to do with what color everybody's clearly, wearing. Yeah, he clearly He's got something to do red. with it. Yeah. Now, why did they have number ones? I don't know. Everybody seems to be making the He's same joke. He's not that dumb. Everybody makes the same joke that they had a bunch of injured Cam jersey. <laughs> but that was actually the jersey that Cam would wear in practice all the time. Yeah. One red, because in the Rivera era, the QB would wear red. Well, well, and because he was always injured, too. You know? Now, a lot, a lot of people tell me this, too. Get a life. Your boyfriend's in New England, another guy tells me, move on. I'm addressing something that became a thing and is a thing among Panther fans. This time, I don't blame. I just think optically it could have been avoided. I personally don't really think Rule is trying to, to, to troll Cam, but I think that he may say this, though. I don't give a damn. I want him to wear red ones. You know what I mean? Like, he might not be doing it to troll Cam, but if someone told him how it looks, he may not give a damn how it looks. Do you think right? this is something that's going to go forward, though, for every player that's hurt during the season? Like, I'm starting red to think so. number one? I'm thinking so. I think he gets Or do you think he a... walks it back after seeing the outrage? Like, whoa, okay, maybe just I get him a red jersey with their number. I think maybe he doesn't care. Maybe that's his thing is I do what I do. But even at Baylor, they didn't all wear the same number when they were hurt. Yeah. They wore red, though. Uh, it looks like. All right, Uncle Curtis is in the house. Uncle Curtis, what, how do we? How do you feel about all this? I'm laughing at you because you're making what? a mockery out of something. That, leave it alone. Nobody cares. What are you talking about? There are plenty of Panther fans that care with me, brother. I'm, oh, I, there are no, plenty man. of Panther fans that are with me. Hey, and I bet money they cam lovers just like you, and all they care about, oh, you're doing cam wrong. You're doing cam wrong <laughs> by wearing that jersey. <laughs> Give it a break. You don't think that they you don't think that they could have avoided they could have avoided that is what no, my point is. Heck no. Matt Matt Rule don't give three three flips about Cam Newton. He don't give a rip. It's o it's over with, it's done. Jerseys are laying around, they had to put them to use and he put them to use. <laughs> <laughs> All right, get out of here, Uncle Curtis. If you were funny, you were very entertaining there, disagreeing with me, but I've had enough of it. All right, I'm moving on with my day here. People are telling me to move on. I'm moving on from that call, is what I'm moving on from. I agree. I don't think he's like, I've got a texter saying he's cam obsessed. I do not think he cares because, again, his job, does, you know, cam doesn't matter to his ability to do his job, and that's what should matter to him. But does he not care so little that things like this that are kind of like digs, they could avoid if he cared about the optics? Maybe that's the way I'm trying to phrase it. 
I don't know. It, it's very interesting. It's kind of humorous. I have to be honest. I could not believe what I was seeing when I saw three red ones out. I, I just... It does seem like it does. Does it not seem cam fans that you're are you're on an episode of Punk though? <laughs> Matt Roll is going to come out with Ashton Kutcher at some point and say, "I was punking y'all. I just tried to mess with y'all. I love Cam too, man. Sorry about all that." <laughs> all right. Anyway, <laughs> when we come back, the Canes can they avoid the Mac curse? Because I said they were going to win this series, and that was probably a mistake. They're down three-one. Can they battle back? Game five is today at 4 o'clock. John Forslund will call it on NBC Sportsnet. He's a longtime Canes voice, former Canes voice. He joins us next. Sports Radio FNZ. Uh, we're going boneless today, man. We're going boneless Mac attack. Right here on Sports Radio FNZ, we are delivered by Bojangles. Mac Preps holding it down for you. Bone, promising to his faithful fans, all two of them, that he will be back tomorrow, ladies and gentlemen. So have no fear. I'm kidding, Bone Man. I'm kidding, baby. All right, Mabel, I'm kidding. I didn't mean to do that. Uh, we uh, Really, the only person that should, should be put down right now is me. We have to do a feature. John Forslund coming up in a second. Was the longtime voice of the Canes. Now you can... Get your fix, John Forslund fix, calling the Canes games on NBC and NBC Sportsnet. They got a must-win game five today at 4 o'clock. But one quick thing, this is a, a uh, feature called Where Mac Done Screwed Up. And I have to tell you, it was not a Dan Kane editorial in the Raleigh News and Observer about how UNC is proving there is no such thing as student-athlete anymore by having their students on off campus and athletes on campus. It was written by Luke DeCock. Dan Kane was sharing the link. So I it, so before every Altario fans get all worked up at Dan Kane again, I don't want to do that. He doesn't deserve it. He wasn't involved this time. All right, that was by Luke DeCock, but is very much worth reading in the Observer. Otherwise, all right. So let me bring in a man that is a journalist and a man that does not have to do those apologies during broadcasts where he screws up facts. It does not happen. The great John Forslund, Canes fans, you know him well, and you can still catch him today at four calling the Canes game for NBC Sports Net in a must-win situation. John, how you doing, man? How you how you enjoying the bubble playoffs? Hey, greetings. Yeah, good morning. Uh, well, yeah, the bubble's been interesting. I'll tell you that. It's been the playoff uh, games have been great. Um, you know, it's compelling most of the time, um, but this is different. And I have to tell you that the NHL's done a fabulous job with a ridiculous circumstance, and uh, we're just plowing through every day. It's a little bit redundant, but. Um, it's a lot of fun at this point. I'll tell you, both uh, both bubble sports, the NBA, well, and you throw the WNBA too. You know, NBA, WNBA, NHL. So far, knock on wood, I don't want to jinx it, but man, it's just been a great operation so far. Uh, do you think it? Before we get into the Kane situation, do you think it has affected? the playoffs in any way, shape, or form. Like, for example, in the NBA, there's no home court advantage, no home ice advantage for y'all, but we saw the two eight seeds win, you know, game ones in the NBA. Have you noticed anything that is different, do you think, because of the bubble at all, or no? Well, there's been a little push by you know, a couple of these teams that, you know, were outliers if there were if there was a conventional playoff year. Montreal Canadiens, Chicago Blackhawks a little bit, but they were Chicago was eliminated last night. I think what we're seeing now is there's some... Uh, some legitimacy to what's going on because the, the great teams from the regular season are starting to emerge now. Uh, Boston kind of found it the other night. St. Louis has found it out in the West. Vegas, uh, you know, has moved on to the second round. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if we see 
pretty much the top four teams in each conference get to the next step, which would be, which is good in a way. You'd like those underdog stories, but I think you have to validate what went on to kind of make this make any kind of sense at all. So I think that part of it is good. The interesting thing about our game is because, you know, one thing about hockey is the emotion and the adrenaline the players feel and get from their crowds, especially you look at a team like the Hurricanes who feed off that energy in PNC Arena in Raleigh and had an incredible run last year to the conference final. They don't have that, and it shouldn't be an excuse because what happens in this generic atmosphere is the better team emerges. And the only thing that's different is you change your uniforms based on who's home and away. Yeah. And the coach gets the last change, which is important. Yeah. He can wait it out and then get proper matchups. But other than that, you know, the better team has the win. But the one thing we are seeing is momentum swings within games without crowds, which means the game has taken over. The players have bought in. The players are vested in the nature of hockey where energy swings from one side to another. Mm. One mistake can lead to an onslaught. We saw that the other night against the Hurricanes. Yeah. The Bruins just completely humiliated them. That's what I was going to say. The second that's you, what we're seeing. Interesting, because the second you brought that up, that's the first thing I thought of is that third period. Bruins, 2 nothing lead going into the period, and, and, and or, or 2 nothing lead for the Canes, and the Bruins just dominated that, that period. John Forslund is with us. You know him as voice of the Canes for years and also an NBC voice now the NBC voice of a lot of these playoff games, including these Canes games. John, I was talking to my man. He's not here to defend himself. T-Bone is, is under the weather, so he's out today. But he and I were talking yesterday, and he says, man, it's just a bad matchup. You saw it last year. You see it this year. Bruins are a bad matchup for the Canes. And my point was, these games are a hell of a lot closer than they were last year. Like, these teams feel closer, but it's just that, you know, the, 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 the Canes have only got one win in four to show for it. What has... What has been the difference between these teams this year, or is it was he right? Is it just a bad matchup? Well, a, a bad matchup is one way to characterize it, or or do you look at that matchup and see how do you fix it? And if if it goes down tonight like the last game, and they go out in five, and they go out the way they've played, they've had some nice moments, you know, within this series. They've had a few better moments than maybe they had in the four game sweep last year. But if you recall Game Three last spring against the Bruins in the conference final. They had 21 shots in the first period against Tuka Rask, and they were the better team, and, and the goalie was sensational, and he, he's probably at a level he's never played at in his career. And and so uh, what you have to do is, from season to season, kind of look at who beat you and why and adjust your roster. And if they lose this one, where they've been dominated in this series is on the interior of the ice, offensively and defensively. They can't get inside. They don't have any willingness to get inside. The Bruins have dominated their area in front of their own net, and they've gone to the house offensively in the game zone. And so I think what the Hurricanes need to do is realize they have a really good young team with tremendous potential. They have a great coach. They've revitalized their market. They've got a, a, a franchise that seems to be pointed in the right direction. But they're going to have to add some abrasion to their lineup because they're getting beaten by Boston's lower half of the forward group. They have more grit and determination. And for me, that's my opinion. That's the defining line here. And if you're beaten twice, that way, then shame on you. Yeah, yeah. And I like what you're saying about the future. And I like what you're saying about the future, John, because, I mean, I'm far from a hockey guru. We kind of jump on the bandwagon when it gets playoff time here in the Charlotte area, right? And we, we really enjoy it. Uh, but we aren't the experts that a lot of y'all have been in the triangle following this team every day. But it does feel like, hey, this is a team that's got a bright future. As far as this series goes, like you're pinpointing what they're not doing. They've got a Svechnikov injury. But in fairness, Tuka Rask is out for the Bruins. Their leading scorer has been out as well. 
are the Canes done? Like, is there any chance of a turnaround here, or 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 is it just the cold, blunt truth that they just can't come back from three one down? Well, you know where they're at. They're at a what you got moment, right? Don't yeah. get in that situation in any game or a series where one side says the other, "What you got?" and and we'll find out tonight. You know, what do they have? What what are they made of? I mean, when you get dominated like that. These players have a lot of pride, and they, they know what happened, obviously, and then they, they have to set the tone early in the game. How do the Hurricanes set the tone? Well, utilize your strengths. You're not going to outmuscle the Boston Bruins. You're not going to get in with slugfests with these guys, um, but you can get on your skating legs early and push the pace of the game and make it quicker than they want to play. Uh, Boston is a pretty good defense in terms of moving the puck up the ice. But the Hurricanes have, again, not done the dirty things needed. I don't mean going outside the boundaries of the rules. I yeah. just mean playing hard, aggressive hockey by using their speed, forcing the Bruins to make mistakes. If they can do that, and they did that for basically two periods of they the did. last game, and then it just evaporated in the third. So they have to put it all together, get a little bit of a lifeline. The thing about this is, you know, you mentioned Tukarask is out. David Posternock, their leading scorer, is a question mark. Both guys are up for major awards this year top goalie, MVP. And so the Bruins aren't really who the Bruins were. And if you can force their goaltender into handling the puck and and stay, and rebound situations, you know, he's susceptible. And game six is tomorrow. You never see this. But because Ooh. of these circumstances, there's a back-to-back in every playoff series. So uh, the Canes can jump on this thing. And before long, they might be looking at a seventh game. Interesting. Interesting. I, I, and I had not looked at schedule. I just assumed we were looking at Friday. John Forsen is with us. He, he's calling these Canes games and tons of playoff games uh, uh, on NBC and NBC Sportsnet today at four. Game five, Canes try to stave off elimination. Last question. And as you can imagine, John, you've got a lot of fans here in the Charlotte area, too, that are listening to you. That know you as you know a guy that was the voice of the canes for so long is there is there a chance a lot of fans want to know is there any chance you could be back next season and i mean if not i mean how how do you feel about the way things went down because i think you've got a lot of fans that are bummed the way things went down i love our fans i appreciate you asking this question um i've given my entire heart and soul to this team since 1997, um, I didn't want this to happen. Uh, this was this is something that came out of left field. I can't speak for the ownership or the management of the team. Um, is there is there a chance? I guess there could be. Has there been any kind of conversation since June 30th about my situation with them? Zero. Um, so I'm moving forward. I have to do what I have to do. Um, I've got my affiliation with NBC. They've been good to me. Um, I'm going to work through long and hard through this whole thing right to the end. And uh, then we're going to see where we're at. Um, um, my heart is with the Carolina Hurricanes and that franchise, and not just in the Raleigh area, but it extends, you know, because of the minor league affiliation in the Charlotte and throughout the state. I hope I've made a difference. I hope I've had a small role in, in growing the brand. Um, and I'm just mystified by their direction and what they wanted to do. And really, guys, there was no, there was no dialogue. And there's no dialogue uh, going down to the end, and there hasn't been any since. So am I disappointed? Of course I am. Sometimes life throws you these uh, curveballs. you got to deal with it, and it uh, might be the best thing to happen to me. But uh, for my family, uh, I wish we never had to go through it. We did. Um, we're in a good place. I don't want to be a, a martyr here. I don't want you know, There are a lot yeah. of people struggling right now, and this pandemic has been brutal for everybody. So uh, don't get me wrong that way. It's just professionally. 
I just wish it didn't happen. It did. And uh, I wish them all the best moving forward. I don't agree with it. I don't think I was treated fairly, but so be it. Yeah. And I'll tell you this, you are a class act, man. Like I hear you on the air. I hear you on this show too. Like it might be human nature to take a little dig or just to criticize. And and you are classy and you always have been. I think you're all, you always will be that way. Best of luck to you, John. Have fun calling these, you know, wacky bubble hockey games. And we appreciate you. Thanks for coming on. Anytime. Keep up the great work, guys. Thank you. There you go, John Forslin. Formerly, I guess we should say, although there seems to be a slight, you know, possibility, but formerly Kane's, uh, you know, TV voice. And now, um, uh, you know, just strictly NBC. As far as what's going on right now in the world of sports, we're going to get back to Panther football top of the hour. A couple of cool things that happened in practice yesterday. I do want to mention they're off today. And then I know you're going to be shocked by this. I will defend Matt Rule's honor and really my honor. Because I feel like I was being attacked by two individuals on this radio station yesterday in regards to my love for Matt Rule. So we will get into that. Preps, as far as what's going on in sports, the Canes game to me is a big deal today, but I'm kind of, it's at four. It's probably the biggest deal, I guess, of all the sporting events. I'm kind of to the point where I feel like I have Matt Kirsten when I said they're going to win the Like, I'm just, I, I think I'm kind of done of with course. it. What's the biggest deal going on in sports right now for you? It's got the one, the one seeds losing both yesterday in the NBA. Is pretty damn interesting. Well, there's right? one thing that just stands out to me more than everything else, and I think a lot of people can agree, and it's just how Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs have looked together and That's Bill's, terrible. Bill's Why did practices Why and did like how even... their timing is getting down, Seriously. just different stuff like that. Next time Bones you out. You asked the question. Next time Bones out, it's just Matt going Han Solo. <laughs> just me going solo, red solo cup here, man. I'm just going to talk to myself the whole time. Doesn't matter if anybody talks to me, texts me, or anything. Stephon I'm Diggs looking real good, Not even going to let Preppy talk next time Bone is out. All right, Bones. Well, the one seeds lost, y'all. LeBron went down, man. Didn't get help, baby. Did not. Dame Lillard's a bad dude, too. No doubt about it. All right. Next up, though, let's get it back to Panther football, kids. I defend my honor and Matt Rule's honor next.